Before we jump in today's episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Show, I wanted to let you guys know about our brand new partnership with the DFS platform Parlay Play. Please use our code GRIDIRONFS for a 100% deposit match up to $100 plus a $5 free play game. Parlay Play is a new DFS platform. Much like Underdog, the more you put on your slip, the more you hit, the higher the multiplier is. So again, use our code GRIDIRONFS on Parlay Play. Got it up! And short, Agnew! Brings it out of the end zone. Agnew still running. Agnew down the sideline. Agnew touchdown Jacksonville. A hundred and nine yard incredible. Again to the sideline. Pat it on. Oh God! Stokely down the sideline. Can they catch up? Stokely. Wow! Welcome in to the Gridiron Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Paul, joined by my co-host, as always, Derek. We're here going to talk a little bit of Dynasty football. Week one is quickly wrapping up. We record about 9 p.m., so the middle of the Monday night football game. And I had a pretty fun weekend watching some, I guess, halfway decent NFL football. It was better than nothing, but there was definitely some less than subpar performances Mostly by my Bengals. It was not pretty. But that's just the, the Joe Burrow curse against the Browns. Well, what did you think of week one so far? I mean, not trying to, you know, be mean or nothing, but yeah, your bangers put up Bengals put up a stinker there. Joe Burrow's got terrible luck against the Browns. My Cowboys forty to zero against the Giants. I was ecstatic considering the offense to me didn't look that great, but that defense. But uh, overall, man. Football's here. It's no longer preseason. It's week one. I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. All the games are in the books, like you said, besides the Monday night game, which is currently going on. Um, but it's here, baby. Yeah, your guys' offense didn't look too much better than ours for what it's worth. That special teams and defense carried you for sure. Giants just said, eh, we're going to show up in week two. Forget about week one. Right. We're good. Yeah, uh, 40, 40 to zero in a divisional game. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's a fluke. I am a Cowboys yeah. fan, but that that's a fluke. That won't happen again. I sure hope not. I got a fair share amount of Daniel Jones, so I need him to pick it up in a hurry. We'll go ahead and dive right into it. Start off with a little bit of news and notes from the last time we recorded. Uh, two big money contracts were handed out. Nick Bosa received a five year. $170 million deal with $122.5 million guaranteed. He is officially the highest-paid defensive player in the history of the NFL. So kudos to Nick Bosa. If you have him in the IDP league, you are extremely lucky, to say the least. He is a monster, and he's paid like one now. So good for him. Then we'll move on to the other bigger money contract, the largest contract in the history of the NFL, Joe Burrow. Five years, 275, 
almost $220 million guaranteed. He sure as hell didn't play like it week one, but he will eventually. We can count on that one. I saw something. It was like he got paid, based on the new contract, like $3.4 million per passing yard against the Browns. I unfortunately had to chuckle with that one myself. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, because he had, what, like 82 or 84 passing yards? Yeah, it was was not good at all. That game was just just a big blunder all around. Luckily for me, I didn't get to watch it, so I didn't have to suffer through it. I didn't get it down here in North Carolina, unfortunately. So I went on the old red zone, and that was my whole Sunday. Can't complain too much. It's week one. It's not a big deal. And I feel like last year you guys started off slow too. So it's happened before you guys get on track. You'll be just fine. Yeah. We started off 0 and 2 and, you know, finished 12 and 4 or 13 and 4, whatever it is now. So not the first time, won't be the last. Doesn't help. Joe Burrow hasn't played preseason at all the last two seasons. So it's bound to happen. No big deals. 16 games left. Knock off that rust, baby. Absolutely. And other Bengals news, on the somber side, it looks like they won't be able to come to an agreement with T. Higgins, and he is likely free agency bound at this point. Maybe heading for a franchise tag, I hope so. Keep him around for at least another year. But right now, there's nothing going on. They couldn't come to an agreement, so it's his last year with the Bengals, and we'll see what happens in the offseason. Yeah, I think for your guys' sake, it would be well worth the the franchise tag. I I know that that's not, you know, what y'all want to do. You obviously want to lock him up long-term. Same for him. He wants to be locked up long-term. But uh, I feel like your offense takes a significant blow if T. Higgins is not there. Yeah, it would. We'll see what happens. Plenty of time between now and then. Plus, if they hit him with the tag, then, of course, you have have until July to – come to an extension agreement without playing under the tag. So plenty of time to figure something out long-term. Yeah, you're not dead in the water yet. I think hopefully something gets done. I hope so, pal. We'll move on to the unfortunate injury segment. J.K. Dobbins appears to have torn his Achilles, so he's done for the year. And As far as I'm concerned, he's done for fantasy at this point, unfortunately, with the ACL the other knee problems, now the Achilles. I don't think the Ravens are going to extend them, and I don't see anybody giving him a second contract right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, the, You know, an Achilles tear, rupture, whatever it is, is about the worst thing happened to a running back. We saw what, you know, everybody thought of Cam Akers, and Cam Akers was, what, two years younger when it happened. Uh, I'm with you, man. I'm a Buckeye fan, love JK, but outside of rookie year, he hasn't really produced, can't stay healthy, and it's the same leg that he tore the ACL on. I mean, the guy's gotten paid a little bit from his rookie deal. I don't see any, like you said, I don't see anybody extending him, at least not a multiple-year deal, maybe one-year deal, but and just hang it up. Go out healthy, be done with it. You still got generational wealth, just – Pack it up, man. It sucks to say, but I'm with you. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Just be done. Don't cause any more harm to your body. It's already been done. And go out walking while you still can. Exactly. Still have some, what's that, uh, 
something of life. I can't remember, but it, your life doesn't degrade because of injury. So basically what I'm getting at. Right, right. Then we had Deontay Johnson and Aaron Jones both having hamstring injuries. So as of right now, I'm not sure the extent of those as of yet. And Pat Fryermuth left the game with a chest injury. Same thing. Don't know the extent or if they'll be missing any time. But they did suffer unfortunate injuries that knocked them out of the game. And we'll get right into it now with a little look back at week one. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek 2K is on his way there. 200-plus receiving yards. He absolutely dominated the Chargers secondary. They had no chance to cover him whatsoever. And his quarterback, Tua, man, did he look very good. He looked like what a lot of people expected him to do coming out of Alabama. He looked like he was elite yesterday. And I've seen a lot of buzz of people talking now, maybe top five dynasty quarterback, top six. So the two hype train is off and running, off to a hot start. Man, I saw this crazy stat on the Pat McAfee show. It says that Tua is projected to throw for 7,922 yards. I, I get it. It's it's one game and you're multiplying that times 17. He had a, a crazy week one. Um, but just to, to even sit there and think that that's possible was is crazy. Um, Tyreek Hill went out and did Tyreek Hill stuff. Like you said, 200 yards. He had a couple, a couple touchdowns, right? Um, yeah, two touchdowns. I, I think two is the real deal. My only knock on two ever was potential injury history. It seems like the the head thing he had. He's not. I'm not going to say he's recovered from it, but. Maybe he's even better after it. I mean, the guy, the guy's elite. I think he's elite. Yeah, he looks pretty damn good right now. That's for sure. As he stays fully healthy, I won't be surprised to see him finish as a top eight quarterback. On the I, also, I think that's easily in the cards. Yeah, top eight easy. Jalen Waddle had a very quiet game. Devon Chain was a healthy scratch, so we see those two come back, or not come back, but see Waddle. Make some noise. They'll be even better for it. But right now, it's just Tyreek Hill show, and why not? But going back to the injuries, watching the game right now, Aaron Rodgers did leave with an ankle injury. He's out for the game, but x-rays are negative, and he is in a walking boot. So I'm sure we'll hear more about that sometime tomorrow, the extent of it. But it's the Zach Wilson show tonight. And I believe he just threw an interception, but that's besides the point. So we'll see how well he plays tonight. So far, not he didn't look bad the first couple of possessions when before we hopped on here, but this one he just whew, stared down the receiver and threw it right to the linebacker. Same old Zach Wilson. Same old, yeah, same old Zach Wilson problems of past, which sucks because he had a decent preseason. So I I was hoping that this Aaron Rodgers being there would kind of be like the catapult to take him to, you know, have a, a longer career, but I guess we'll see. That's what I was hoping too, but not this damn early. I was hoping no. that ride would last a couple of years, not a couple of plays. <laughs> right. right. Two, three years, let Zach Wilson learn and hone that tutelage. Yeah. Not now. Um, way, way too soon, obviously. He's learned nothing. But this one you'll love. Brandon Ayuk had a big day. Way bigger day than Debo. He looked to be the number one receiver in the offense against the Steelers at the very least. And maybe he is the newly crowned wide receiver one for Brock Purdy. I know you like Ayuk more than Debo. 
So this is a feather in the cap for you, my friend. Yeah, I'll take my victory lap for now. I mean, it's only week one. There's really not much to victory lap about, but he was eight, targeted eight times, had eight catches, 129 yards, and two touchdowns. And the one touchdown was a 50-50 ball. He went up and got it. I mean, I've been a, a pretty big Ayuk fan since he got in the league. Um, I kind of made my stance known about him compared to Debo in the offseason. Like Debo's value went down when they got CMC, obviously so. He's not quite getting the same rush work. I still like Debo, but I, I just think Ayuk as a pure wide receiver is is better. That, You're not wrong, that that's a... Brock Purdy and Ayuk, I think, have a lot better connection than uh, Brock Purdy and Debo. So. so far, it seems that way, and he is the guy. He's going to be the guy for at least this season. Obviously, going forward is their plan. In PPR, it looks like Ayuk finished as the wide receiver, two on the week. Right behind Tyreek, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, Tyreek outscored him by about 12 points. <laughs> by about 12. So a large gap there. But nonetheless, he had one hell of a game. And right now, he's that's the Ayuk show in same frame. So good for him. I have a couple shares, but not very many. Absolutely have more Debo. CMC also was off to a big start as well. What, two touchdowns, 100-plus yards? He couldn't be stopped. And yeah, that's 22, 22 a pretty for, good Steelers defense. Yeah, Steelers defense, in my opinion, is no slouch. 22 for 152 and a touchdown with the longest 65 for CMC. He had himself a day. I mean, you, st you still take away that 65-yard touchdown, he still had a day. Yeah, that was one hell of a run. It was. That's why they, that's why they, why they traded for him. Yeah, which Shanahan's up to his good old shenanigans again. He said it would be he wouldn't get a, a workhorse load. It would be scattered around the other running backs, and straight up lied through his teeth. Just went out there and gave McCaffrey the whole game, which nothing wrong with it. But I'm sure a lot of people were hoping that we'd see some Elijah Mitchell with healthy, some Jordan Mason. And we really didn't. But this is what CMC can do for you when he is healthy. He puts up monstrous numbers like he's all always has. I mean, when you have a guy like CMC, he's to me a true third, a three down back. You 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 play him every play on offense. It's there's no sense in rostering him if you don't. That'd be kind of silly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they're still paying him what the Panthers paid him. So you're locked in for a big money deal. You got to use them, right? I mean, Elijah Mitchell. I'm that ship has sailed. I'm. <laughs> I wouldn't wish for nothing out of him anymore. Yeah, unfortunately, the injuries being behind CMC, it's just it's done for him. At least as a fantasy relevant player. Yeah. He might be a career backup, but it, fantasy relevance is gone. Yeah, unfortunately for him, he was a steal for a season or two. Then we move on to the Bears and Packers game. Without Christian Watson, I thought the Bears would have had this one, but completely opposite, the Packers blew the doors off. And Jordan Love, he just might be good. He looked pretty competent, I'd say. He didn't look bad whatsoever, and he had himself a nice little game. Yeah, I mean, 15 for 27, 245, and three touchdowns. I know I'm just reading the box score currently, but 
had himself a game, man. He did. I watched a little bit of film of his, you know, of him in the pocket. He, he looks comfortable. He looks a hell of a lot better than he did two years ago. That's for sure. They might be cooking with something in Green Bay. I'm with you. I thought Christian Watson missing that they'd have nobody. And Romeo Dobbs showed up. I, it's kind of unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I had a lot of uh, Jaden Reed as a cheap free space in DFS, and that did not come to fruition. Romeo Dobbs absolutely took over. Jordan Love did finish as the QB3 on the week so far. At worst, he'll be QB5, which doesn't seem to be the likely case. But hell of a week and a debut as the guy in Green Bay for him. I'd, I'd be excited if I was a Packers fan, and I'd be excited if I was a Jordan Love owner. That's for sure. Yeah, I got a couple shares of him, and I'm extremely excited to see what he does from here, especially when Christian Watson does return. Is his value immediately up after a game like that? I mean, I know that we talk about liquid assets and market always moving, but after that game, is I mean, is it like did it rocket, the skyrocket to you? I'd say so, yeah, because we've all been sitting on our hands, waiting to see him play, waiting to see if he's actually good or not. And I think he proved that he can be good. The Bears' yeah, defense I'm... is no slouch either. They're very good right. defense, well put together. And he went out there and tore him apart for most of the game. I know I personally moved him up in my rankings. Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you. I catapulted up. I think, he had him, I think I had him like top 20 before the game. He's a lot higher than that now. Yeah, he's in my top 15 currently. Yep, I'm and right there with you. He could go even higher. He's still only 24. Yeah, he's young, and this situation is very similar to what Aaron Rodgers was when Brett Favre left. I know people, I'm sure people have seen all that BS, but the whole three years sitting behind a future Hall of Famer. I don't think Packers are going to win a Super Bowl this time, but you know, I think I think Jordan loves – he might be the real deal. Yeah, he might have picked up a thing or two over the last couple of years from A-Rod. Is he Jordan loves he he was Utah State? Yeah, Utah yeah. State. Yeah, that's what I thought. So we'll go ahead and move on to one of my victory laps, Calvin Ridley. I know you were on the opposite side of fence of this one, but Ridley is back and he looks just as good, if not better, than the last time we saw him. He still looks like that dominant alpha receiver that we once knew in Atlanta. Yeah, I'm gonna let you have this one, man. You called it from the get-go. I've Kind of, he kind of reeled me back in a little bit. And then I know everybody saw that TikTok video of the Zay Jones comparison where he was, he looked like he was running twice as fast as Zay Jones. I mean, I, since a, a little bit before that video, I've been back in on Calvin. I picked him in DFS all over the place this week. Happy I did. Yeah, that you did. Eight catches, 101 and a touchdown, wide receiver five on the week. Great return game. A lot of us didn't think that he would come back to form especially not right away in week one, but he's proved a lot of doubters wrong already. And Christian Kirk looked pretty obsolete in the game plan. I think he had three targets. Pretty sure Zay Jones received more targets than him. So we'll see if Christian Kirk gets more involved from week to week. I think he will be. But Ridley is by far the alpha number one receiver in this offense like I thought he was going to be. And I'm I'm happy to see it. Yeah, I'm kind of going to echo the same thing. I didn't expect week one of him to pop off like this. I figured it'd be a you know a couple weeks into the season before we see him get a 100-plus yard game and a touchdown. But good for him, man. Proving the doubters wrong. Me in a way, too. Um, and, yeah, I think Christian Kirk, he's 
probably third man on the totem pole now, which sucks because he, I think he finished as a top 10 wide receiver last year, PPR wise. So um, I don't think he's going to be a big part of the offense either. Too many mouths to feed. Yeah, I'm sure Zay Jones will fade into the background like he normally does after a little while. And of course, there's still Evan Ingram there, another big target, ETN. So Christian Kirk is no longer the great value he was last year. You can safely put him back in your wide receiver receiver two type range, I'd say. He doesn't possess that wide receiver one upside anymore, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, Travis Etienne had himself a quiet 104 yards from the ground or from the line of scrimmage. And then our boy Tank Bigsby also had a touchdown. So, I mean, just kind of wash, rinse, repeat. I feel like Christian Kirk again. I know it's only week one, but might be getting knocked down the totem pole a little bit. Yeah, sure he'll crawl his way back up at some point. But right now, week one wasn't it. And just overall, to me, the quarterback play was just, as a consensus, pretty bad. Yeah, it was good. Terrible, terrible. Tannehill didn't look good. Kenny Pickett looked terrible for most of the game. Dak looked bad last night. Uh, Bryce Young didn't have the best game, turned it over a couple times. Desmond Ritter had like 114 pass yards. And then Justin Fields didn't have a good game either. But I attribute this to the way the whole the new preseason is set up. You know, three games, the starters rarely play anymore. They don't get that warm-up game in week four like we're used to seeing. So to me, the week one's the new preseason week four at this point. Got to knock the rust off and get back into the swing of things, it looks like. No, it really is. And now that they're playing a 17-game schedule, it's it's understandable. You know, it's 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 going to happen, but. I'm echoing with you right there. Like Russell Wilson had a terrible game. Uh, I think we're both pretty well out on Russ anyways, but really not a whole lot of QBs had quote unquote great days. So I mean, Anthony Richardson had a pretty good day, especially for a rookie debut. I'm already convinced he's better than Justin Fields. Already. Already. He looks to be a better passer at this stage easily. Fields is still struggling. Anthony Richardson has a lot more weapons, though. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Oh, yeah. Michael Pittman, uh, Josh Downs, and Alec Pierce. Oh, and when Pierce they, and Downs they, are unproven. Pierce had a decent year last year. Josh Downs is a hot rookie. Michael Pittman's a – I think Michael Pittman's a stud. Same could be said for – Justin Fields, DJ Moore's a stud we all know. Darnell Mooney's proved it before. Cole Komet's a competent tight end and a big part of the offense. Khalil Herbert showed out last year. Roshan Johnson showed out yesterday. Bears easily have more weapons, in my opinion, especially in the proven category. No. You're, you're talking about Michael Pittman, who's not an alpha. Then you're talking who's, about who's an, who's, an, who's an alpha on the Bears. DJ Moore's not an alpha. He's a Bonafide wide receiver two at best every year. I didn't say he's, he's an alpha. He's he's reliable and content, but he didn't do anything this week. Well, that's because of Justin Fields. No. Justin yeah. Fields was also the leading rusher. I, I'm not gonna disagree that, with you. I think Anthony problem. Richardson I think Anthony Richardson is the superior quarterback. I just feel like their situations are completely different. The only thing culturally have is better offensive line. And that means a lot. 
that's why you drafted Justin Fields, so you can have a subpar offensive line. That's why he is the leading rusher. He's just not a very good passer to this point. That should not be your reasoning for drafting a mobile quarterback. It helps. He it just doesn't can't help. No, he can throw the ball. It, it doesn't help. It's just a, an excuse for not having to help your offensive line because you have a mobile mobile quarterback. Once well, obviously they're playing, they're building that lineup very slowly. The Bears organization is trash in general. So as soon as he was drafted to the Bears, it was. We all knew it was going to happen. I, at least I did. I would have loved to see Justin Fields get drafted to the Niners. It would have been better off for everybody at this point. Yeah, it would have. Even Mac Jones going to the Niners would have been better. I mean, Mac had a pretty good game yesterday against the Eagles. Yeah, I forgot about him. I think he, he did better than Jalen Hurts did. Yeah, that's another one. Jalen Hurts had a terrible – I feel like a terrible game. It's probably one of the better games Mac's had in his career so far. And Hurts just wasn't running the ball I'll, Again, albeit it's week one, they're maybe trying to protect the investment a little bit more now. But I'm sure as season goes on, it'll open up more. All these quarterbacks will play better, especially if yeah. like Dak, Burrow, Fields. There's one way to go up after week one. Yeah, There's absolutely. No way they can go out there and play worse next week. I mean, all the guys you mentioned, they're they've proven it before that they're competent enough quarterbacks. They're they're not worse. They'll get better. It's like you said, give it two weeks and this whole discussion will be long gone. Um, I, I, I get what you're saying, though, about Jalen Hurts. I just I have him in a couple leagues and I was a little upset with what he did, but it is what it is. The Eagles still won. You know? Yeah, that's what matters. It was a good game from what I saw in red zone, especially coming down the stretch. Move on to a mini preview of week two, just a couple of games that I'd say we're looking forward to the most. Uh, the first one up, the Jets at the Cowboys. This was obviously picked before Aaron Rodgers was injured. So without Aaron Rodgers, I'm not too excited about this game. If I mean, with what the Cowboys defense did to the Giants, you can't imagine what they're going to do to the Jets without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the, the Bills defense is already getting in there. They obviously got the Rodgers early on. It's bound to happen to Zach Wilson, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm with you. Same exact thing. Aaron Rodgers, this is a completely different matchup. Zach Wilson, this will probably be a snooze fest. Washington from Pete, Cowboys 40-0. If only that offense would play better, but I don't, I don't see it being much improved going against the Jets' defense. They are a stout defense, but it'll be Cowboys defense will win the game for him if it's Zach Wilson. I don't have any doubt yeah. about that. Yeah, absolutely. It'll never be in question. Well, then the Ravens at the Bengals, another division matchup for the Bengals, going back home now. We know what Joe Burrow's done to the Ravens throughout his career. It's just slaughtered him every chance he gets. But this time we get Lamar against the Bengals. Lamar didn't have the best week one, but I'm sure he'll bounce back. Just week one in the new offense against a rookie quarterback, so it's not like a whole lot needed to be done to come out with a W. Right. And um, will Mark Andrews be back for week two? I don't know. So, uh, I mean, it. I know we're both likely truthers. So, you know, one way or another, it doesn't matter to me, but I think 
Mark Andrews is obviously the number one target getter on this this team. I still think that's safe to say. So, but I, I like this matchup. It makes sense. It sucks for J.K. again. Is their backup still Gus Edwards? Uh, it's a bunch of people. Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. They promoted a uh, good old Melvin Gordon from the practice squad earlier today. Oh, good old Melvin. Yeah, so it'll be a just running back by committee. Same thing they always do. Yeah. Just lesser known names and old man Gordon. <clears throat> you know, right. Same old exactly. Lamar. So I'm pretty sure Justice Hill and Gus Edwards both had goal line touchdowns yesterday, which, of course, came after J.K. was out, but they were both involved in the scoring zone. So right. take that for what you will. Mooching mooch off of J.K.'s injury. I get it. Somebody has to, right? Can't blame we'll, him. Somebody's got to do it. We'll move on to the Gridiron Fantasy Game of the Week. A rematch of round two last year in the divisional round, the Chiefs and Jaguars, this time down in Jacksonville. I'm extremely excited for this one. I think it's going to be one hell of a game. The Jags played well last week. The Chiefs not so much, but being without Kelsey, losing them the day before the game, got to come up with a whole new game plan. So not saying they should have lost, but there's a reasoning behind losing to the Lions, who are also very good. But now yeah, they have a weak game plan without Kelsey. I don't think he's coming back this week at least. So I think they'll be without him once again. But this time they'll be prepared for it. Yeah, I mean, kind of echoing what you said, they they lost Kelsey super late into the week. It's hard to change your game plan, you know, a day or two before the game. Should be a testament to what Kelsey means to this Kansas City Chiefs offense. And again, the Lions, I have them projected to be the division or division winners so you know a one point loss to him shouldn't be a big deal um i do i do feel like the jaguars take this game they obviously they're at home but i i think the jaguars have significantly improved compared to last year with the addition of calvin ridley i feel like they were honestly a piece or two away from being legitimate contenders and i think they're right there now you know, having Calvin Ridley, a true wide receiver, one alpha wide receiver, this offense should be humming like we haven't seen in ever. Um, and I'm still a big Trevor Lawrence fan. I just don't know if the Chiefs will necessarily be able to keep up without Kelsey. Yeah, that's my reason for taking the Jaguars here mostly. I, Jaguars offense is, I'd say, exponentially better with Ridley with a goal line option and tank. Offensive line's a little bit better. They're a little better. Chiefs are a little worse without Kelsey. Yeah. Defense is still good, although Chris Jones did agree to a one-year deal with the Chiefs today, so he will be back. That'll be a big help to the defense. But I'm still going with the Jaguars, even with the probably the best defense attack on the league coming back. I think they just have too much firepower. Even if it's an up-and-down game, at some point the Chiefs aren't going to be able to keep up with them. I mean, they only put up 20 on the Lions, who had – one of the worst defenses last year, and they didn't get much better. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, not much to echo. Basically, same thing. I, I think the Jaguars win, and same thing. Jaguars got better over the offseason, and the Colt or the Chiefs got worse, even worse so without Kelsey. So, I, 
same. They don't have this. They don't have the firepower the Jaguars do. Jaguars just they have so many mouths to feed. It's, it's almost unfair. The only thing the Chiefs have over Jaguars is I still like Mahomes better than Chet T. Law. Oh, absolutely. Which he can win a game for you. We've seen it before. He can. It's just who's gonna he going to throw to? Yeah, who's he going to throw it to? Is the question. He's going to throw it to his new number one receiver, Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice. Maybe we see some Sky Moore action. Yeah, I wouldn't count on it. I, I wouldn't complain. I think he had three targets in week one. I expected a bit better out of him, honestly. But we talked about a couple weeks ago, Rasheed Rice was my pick to emerge. Seemed like he got kind of the Kelsey role, similar route tree that Kelsey usually does in the same area of the field. So at least without Kelsey out, I expect Rasheed Rice to be usable in lineup leagues and a flex. Obviously, he has the touchdown upside. So I'm happy for him. That's why they drafted him. He's a three-level receiver who, no matter where you put him, he can be an impactful guy. I think Sky Moore, they're still trying to figure out the best role for him and where he fits best on the offense. Yeah, um, I can understand what you're saying with Sky Moore, but you would have thought that they would have figured that out overall of last year. Uh, he's obviously a little bit smaller bodied wide receiver, but I feel like he's a great, like you said, three level receiver, same as Rasheed Rice. He's, his route tree is, you know, he can run any route. But I feel like he's a, a crisp route runner. He, I think he can do it all. I'm a huge Sky Moore fan. I felt like last year it was a, he was a year two play. So I'm still holding out hope. Uh, just we'll see. It might be a year three play. It, it could be, you know. It could be the old Christian Kirk. You know, didn't do nothing in yeah, Arizona until he left, or until he, last year of his rookie contract. You know, I, I think Rasheed Rice, like you said, he similar route trees and, and route running routes as, as Kelsey, so it makes more sense for him while Kelsey's out for him to produce. So I'm I'm with you on that 100. percent Sky Moore's godsend at this point is Canaris Tony just looks terrible. He Dropping didn't week one. For no reason. So leaving the door open for Sky Moore to maybe be more trusted than Tony by Mahomes, possibly going forward. But I, our next segment was supposed to be some early week two bets, but still too early. Unfortunately, the sports books don't have player props out just yet. You know, so the only bets I've put down are money lines thus far. You know, I took the Cowboys, Bengals, and the Jaguars up to this point. But I was hoping we'd be able to get some early player props. But I checked the DraftKings and FanDuel, still nothing. Fliff, nothing. So I guess we'll just have to skip that one, unfortunately. I was really excited to top some pro- talk some prop betting. I know we haven't done that in quite some time. Yeah, I'm with you. I picked two of the, two of the three same games as you did. I picked Cowboys over the Jets, obviously before the A-Rod injury. Bengals over the Ravens. I'm a closet Bengals fan, and then I pick the Vikings over the Eagles. Yeah, if you're hearing this, this will come out later tonight on Monday night. If you're hearing this Tuesday, might be a little bit too late to get the Cowboys at a decent odd. And with A-Rod looking like he might miss some time. We'll know for sure tomorrow. Looking bad tomorrow, Cowboys, their odds are going to go sky high, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, it probably won't be worth betting on. It was just with Zach Wilson, I don't – as good as the weapons are, the line is, and the defense, he's just not good, unfortunately I mean, to say. 
speaking it in fantasy football terms, there are multiple tiers between a rod and uh, crap. Zach Wilson. Thank you. I was like, I don't know why, but I was thinking Mike White, Zach Wilson. Thank you. There are multiple tiers between them. Oh, there is fear that Aaron Rodgers is dealing with an Achilles injury. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So we will see tomorrow for sure. Again, the x-rays were negative, so additional testing will be done tomorrow morning, I assume, at this point. I don't think x-rays would show an Achilles tear rupture. That's more of an MRI thing anyways, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, which I don't think they'll do tonight. It'll be a tomorrow thing. Yeah, there's no rush to do it tonight. You're out for the game. Yeah, and again, they put them in a walking boot with negative x-rays, so there's something going on. They just don't know exactly what it is yet. I mean, an Achilles injury, that that would suck. That would really suck. (laughs) I mean, just a little deep dive on this one. If it's an Achilles tear, is his career over? Man, I don't know. Same go out like that, but this is like Kobe all over again. I'd say for him and his situation, probably he's already been at least talking and thinking about hanging it up for a couple years. If he goes through something like that, all you know, everything that goes into recovering from Achilles is extremely difficult. Today is the most difficult injury to come back from. And his old age of almost 40 and already thinking about hanging it up previously, I think he would just say, screw it, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, he's got nothing else to prove. I'm I'm in the same boat. That's why I asked. He's 39, almost 40, coming back from a serious injury as an Achilles tear or rupture. He's done everything that needs to be done. He has nothing else to prove. He's made his money. I'd think he'd hang it up. It would suck. It, that would make the most sense. I hope it's not, man. I really do. If I was him, I'd, I'd hang it up myself. With the career he's had, he's a bona fide Hall of Famer. No question about it. And if you're looking at it from a competitive standpoint, he's a winner. That's all he wants to do is win. They're in a tough division with the Bills and the Dolphins. It would be tough to even get a wild card spot and or a division title. Right. So looking at it from that standpoint, I'd say I'm done. Yeah. Do your rehab, get healthy, live the rest of your life with all your riches and your rings, and collect that gold jacket in five years. Exactly. I, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no questions asked. I'm 100% in agreement with you. Yeah, We'll move on from the somber news into our Dynasty Report segment. I'll lead it off. Who have you moved up or down in your rankings from week one? Oh, I mean, we kind of talked about him earlier. Uh, Jordan Love moved him up. He was a top 20 quarterback. I moved him up to 13. He's, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say bona fide, but he's right on the cusp of being a QB1 for me. If he, I mean, would you say he finished as QB3, possibly QB5? Well, it's not going to be QB5, but possibly QB4 at worst. Yeah. So if he puts a couple more weeks like this together, I could see him squeaking in the top 10. Been a Jordan Love guy for a few years now, so to see him go out there and produce like that immediately, week one to me was a sight, especially without his best weapon, in my opinion, Christian Watson. Yeah, well, as I said, moved him up as well. QB position were my big movers this week. 
Uh, Tua moved into my top eight from, I believe, 13. And then I also moved uh, T-Law to QB5 and Herbert to QB6 and Lamar from QB5 to QB7. So not big movement, but I liked what I saw from T-Law. I Man, love what I saw from Herbert and that Kellen Moore offense. It, yeah. It's Herbert a rookie year all over again, just much, much better. I hear and you, Lamar, man. He, not that he did anything bad or terrible. It's just he's the casualty that was in front of these two guys in my rankings, and Has he's the one's going to go down. Yeah. They're still within the same tier, but those guys are now at the top of my tier. Man, it sounds like you looked at my rankings right there. I mean <laughs> – I got Justin Herbert at five, T-Law at six, and uh, Lamar at seven. I know that we had the other two flip-flopped, T-Law and Herbert, but I know you didn't, but I'm just saying it's like we're right there. Uh, and I'm with you on on two as well. I had him at uh, QB11. He's QB8 right behind Lamar and knocking on that door. Yeah, sooner he's right behind A-Rich for me. Sorry, he's QB9. A-Rich is QB8. But I also moved down Kyler down to QB14, and Justin Fields fell out of my top 10. I moved him to QB11 behind Deshaun Watson. I I don't blame you. So I've got two at eight. I still have Justin Fields at nine. Anthony Richardson at 10, so suck on that. Kyler at 11. He was up, I think, QB8. Deshaun, QB12, and then probably going to surprise people, Jared Goff at QB13. That's what I like to hear, baby. He looked good. I like me some Garrett, Jared Goff, man. The Rams are looking a little bit stupid. Speaking of the Rams, they looked damn good against Seattle. Surprised a lot of people. <laughs> Kyron Williams looked good. He did. Anchors didn't look bad. He got a touchdown. But the, <laughs> He always oh, got to throw Anchors in there. Hey, he scored. That means something. He scored six points. I think how many rushing yards did he have? He didn't have a good day. That's Tyron Williams definitely had the better better day. I'll say that. Yeah. Cam Makers had twenty two rushes for twenty nine yards at one point three average and one touchdown. <laughs> that was not a good day. But that's okay. Because he still finished I mean, RB twenty. PPC league, that's that's a lot of points. That's two points and carries. Which is what we play in. So, yeah, I mean, Kyron did get 15 himself, so it was a heavy dose of the run game. Kyron yeah. just did more with what he had. Yeah, 15, 52, and two touchdowns. I mean, he he just, like you said, did better with his opportunities. I'm surprised the Rams run the, ran the ball 30, 40 times. To me, that's crazy. They were up pretty much all game. Surprisingly, Stafford looked – he looked good. Puka Nakua, we'll talk about that more in our Rookie Report segment coming up next. But he had the breakout game that a lot of people were hoping he would have. Didn't think he'd come week one, but he has arrived due to Cooper Cup's injury. It's him, Van Jefferson, Ben Skoranek. 2-2 Atwell. Yeah, he had a big game too. He made two of my best ball lineups. So the Rams surprised people a lot of myself. I thought they'd be tanking from the moves they did in the offseason, but they came out guns a blazing and got a W up in Seattle. 
I thought Seattle would dog walk them and blow the doors off the hinges early, and they just didn't. Gino didn't look good. It just wasn't a good game for Seattle. No, I mean, the Seattle's offense looked incompetent. You know, Geno Smith, 16 to 26 for 112 yards. That's 4.3 uh, yards per yards per attempt. I mean, that's absolutely terrible at the NFL level. So, and I'm with you. Uh, Matt Stafford had 334 passing yards, but no touchdowns. So, he looked good. I would have liked to see him get a couple passing touchdowns, but. You know, when you're in charge of the game and never in question, then I guess there's no point in getting past touchdowns. Just run the ball in. Follow them big uglies. Back to the rankings movers. Uh, for me, Tony Pollard entered into my RB1 territory at RB12. He moved up Brandon Ayuk, and Calvin Ridley moved up the wide receiver 11. That's right, 11. Double ones. Wide receiver one, Calvin Ridley is for me. That's that's a little crazy. I mean, I'm I'm with you on the uh, the Brandon Ayuk moving up a lot. I've got him right outside the the top twelve. He's at fourteen for me. Uh, Calvin Ridley's also right there. He's at thirteen. I mean, they're they're back to back for me. He's on the cusp. I still do. I, I'm with you. I'm a Calvin Ridley fan. I think it's if he does one more week like this, yeah, he's cracking top twelve all day long. Absolutely. Um, Running back, I'm with you on Tony Pollard. I had him at 17, got him up to 13. Uh, J.K. Dobbins was at 14, unfortunately, with the injury. I mean, he's down to 25. You know, yep, unfortunately, J.K. JK plummeted. So, I, mean, I know we're, we're talking about risers, but that to me, that's the big faller. Injuries, it sucks. Yeah, Deontay Johnson also fell for me, getting left the game with a hamstring injury. That's what Deontay Johnson does. He gets nicked up all the time, but this time it could be something serious. And then, I'm sad to do it, but I moved down T. Higgins. He dropped out of my top ten. Where's he at? Uh, Let's see here. Good old T, wide receiver 13. Behind Drake London, Calvin Ridley, Garrett Wilson. That's still not bad. No, but he had eight targets, maybe nine. Didn't catch a single one with contract thing going on. Had to move down a little bit. I think he had the most air yards in the league and didn't have a single catch. That's just the type of day the Bengals had. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's no good. And it, I kind of feel like this is like the the C.D. Lamb making a point out of it this time because we did the whole C.D. Lamb experience with, you know, being top 10 but never producing a top 10 season and – T. Higgins is kind of in the same boat. So I'm with you. I, I dropped T. Higgins out of my top 10 as well. He's a little further down for me. Got him at 15, but it's still respectable. Uh, more so, it's probably more of an instant reaction for me of, again, like you said, eight targets, no catches. Well, that's that's rough. It is. You, I mean, it's T. Higgins and Joe Burrow. You'd think you'd come down with a couple of them and just one working all around for the Bengals. Just a bad game. Yeah, offense sputtered. It'll it'll be okay. Yeah, I'll bounce T Higgins back up a couple spots, but he's he's down to fifteen for me right now. And on to the second part of our dynasty report. Who are you buying and selling? I got three names. I'm interested to hear what you're doing with. First up is T Higgins. At this point in time, coming off that performance, are you buying or are you selling? 
uh, T. Higgins after that performance, I am, to be honest, I probably would have sold him, you know, weeks ago. Uh, capitalized on that top 10 value, in my opinion. You know, after after this performance, you might might as well hold on to him. Uh, if you don't have him, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to buy. Maybe you can get, get him for a little bit cheaper because he stunk the bed. The whole Bengals team stunk the bed, you know, so you might get a little bit of a discount, but. If I were to sell him, I would have done it a couple weeks ago to promote or to capitalize on his top 10 value, and I don't necessarily think he's a top 10 producing wide receiver. Uh, right now, he's probably a buy because of the, this last week's terrible game. Stick with the receivers that we talked a bunch about. Calvin Ridley, are you a true Calvin Ridley truther that you're riding him out? Or are you looking to make a pretty penny off of him after the big game and riding that hype train to a nice haul. No, I think Calvin Ridley, I am buying hundred um, percent. Just, you have to realize now at this point that he, his value has gone up. I, we moved him up to top 13, top 11 for both of us respectively. So be prepared to spend up a little bit on the plus side. He is 28. So he's a little bit older. You're not going to be spending. I wouldn't ex- expect to spend anything crazy on him but you might have to throw a, a younger wide receiver plus some draft capital on top to get him. That's a fair point. I'm in the same boat. I'm buying. Bye, bye, bye. I want to ride him out for whatever he's got left in the tank, and it looks to be a lot. Yeah, I'd buy him with the intentions of him dying on my team. Absolutely. And he's linked to T-Law for the next couple of years, if not longer. I'm good. Goodbye, even though his price may have went up from week one for the Ridley owners. But I think he still has a higher ceiling than what we've seen and what we're going to see for the next couple weeks. I think he can possibly send to top eight as he once was. Yeah, I think he's had a, got a higher production ceiling than about any value you could put on him right now. You know, even if I felt like I was overpaying for him, I mean, he could very easily be a top five dynasty wide receiver for the next two, three years. Uh, some of the film and what he did – you know, in the preseason and then at the game the other day, I mean, he looks like a top 10 wide receiver all day long. I just wanted, I personally, he's not top 10 yet because I want to see consistency. I want him to do it a couple weeks in a row or see a couple weeks of it, but he's, he's right there. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big buyer opportunity right now. If you like him, if you have him and you don't like him, you can sell him for something nice right now. Sell him off the hype, off the big game just the hype surrounding him and being back and looking good. I think Calvin Ridley at this point, there is no wrong answer. If you have him, you can sell him, make a pretty penny, like you said, because you probably are going to, you know, make some, make some money off of him. Or if you don't have him, I don't think it's wrong to buy him. Um, I think he's great for a contender for sure. I'd buy him all day long contending. I'm buying him all day long regardless, but especially contending. What about Jordan Love? you willing to pay the tax of coming off a big game, being quarterback three on the week? Or are you more so selling them off that? Maybe thinking the ceilings, people thinking the ceiling's a little bit higher than that. What are you doing with them right now? Right now I'm probably selling Jordan Love. I'm a Jordan Love fan, don't get me wrong. I like him. But if he, you know, like you said, he's finished as a top three, top four type of week, I personally would sell him in a heartbeat because I don't – are, are, to me, the top five, top six is, is locked. 
that's it. He's not going to, he's not going to be a top six quarterback. I'd even probably say top seven. You know, if I, if I look, he's not, he's not better than Mahomes. He's not better than Jalen Hurst, not better than Josh Allen, not better than Burrow, not better than T-Law, not better than Justin Herbert, not better than Lamar. I mean, at this point, I don't think he's better than Tua either. That's eight. For him to overtake one of those guys would take a lot. I'm not going to buy up for a guy to be a potential number nine quarterback. Yeah, and you got to look at the team around him. He does have Watson. Romeo Dobbs look good. Luke Musgrave. But a running back, you got an aging Aaron Jones who's dealing with a hamstring injury and an underperforming A.J. Dillon that has had a disappointing career. And A.J. Dillon, I felt like, was going to be the guy the last three years. I'm, I, I still like Jordan Love, but I'm not buying him right now. I'd probably be holding him. I, I'd buy him myself, personally, depending on the price. I wouldn't be paying top 10 prices. I'd pay top 15 for sure. I think he's going to be a steady Eddie, nice and consistent for the most part. He'll have the huge weeks like he did this past weekend. But I think he'd be a solid quarterback, too, to have. Yeah, I won't disagree I would, with you I there. I wouldn't take him with the expectation he'd be my quarterback one one day. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you on that. I, I can get down with that. If I'm paying top 15 price for him, I could I could swing that. But I'm not I'm not spending top 12, top 10 prices. That, to me, is ludicrous. I think that's that's his ceiling. I'm not buying him at his ceiling. I'm buying him with the room for him to go up. There's risk there for me. And I'd, I'd be happy with him as my QB, too. I'm not, like you said, I'm not. I'm not anticipating him being my QB one. But there you have it. That'll wrap up our dynasty report. And now we'll dive into our rookie report. So leading it off with probably the most impressive rookie late round draft flyer, Puka Nakua from the LA Rams. Touched on a little bit earlier. 10 catches for 119. Didn't get in the end zone, but he was targeted a whopping 15 times. So a big opening week for the rookie that a lot of people were, like I said, taking late-round flyers on and hoping for a spike week or two there and got it right off the bat. At this point, I really like him, but if someone generously offers me a second, I'm taking that and running. Yeah, as an immediate flip, I'm right there with you. Um, I feel like it's going to be week-to-week depending on which wide receiver produces kind of takes that Cooper Cup role. It's not going to be the same guy every week. Uh, like you said, Puka had a big week. Tutu Atwell had a big week. They, they both had 119 receiving yards. Puka did it on 10 catches, and Tutu did it in six. So I know we're not talking about Tutu, but it's. It, it, I think it's going to be week to week depending on who's Matt Stafford's favorite target. I'd take a second all day long for him right now. Yeah, if you get a second, run with it. He's not going to do this every week. He's not going to do this for half the season. I won't be surprised if next week he drops a, a dud, and then I'll just tank his value speed. Be like, oh, yeah, that's just a fluke week. So if you get a second now, take it. You don't you don't need him on your team, whether you're rebuilding, contending, and he's someone you took in the fourth or fifth round of your rookie drafts or maybe even picked up off waivers. If it's if you got him off of waivers, I'd take <laughs> I take a second run pick even more. Um, the only thing that might keep me from trading him might be a best ball league, but even then, I'd have a hard time keeping him if you offer me a second for him. Yeah, I'd, I'd break my phone, hit and accept. That's for sure. Move on to 
Bijan Robinson, the dynasty running back one. I think he proved it. Uh, he had only had 10 carries for 56 yards, but he did catch all six of his targets for 27 and a touchdown on the week for PPR running back seven. This is what we're going to get out of him week to week. I'd say around 10 to 12 carries, nothing really more. He's not going to be a workhorse. He's going to get five-plus targets a game. He's going to make people miss. He's going to make plays. He's going to put up fancy points, but it's not going to be in a workhorse role. The days of those running backs are dead and gone. Yeah, he's going to get 15 to 20 touches a game, you know, game plan for. I don't see it being much more than that. They're going to be extremely efficient. It's kind of like Washington's repeat about a lot of teams and the running back rooms. It's the the bell bell how the bell cow back is no longer a thing. It's it's just not. It's all RBBC. You see what he can do with the ball in his hands. He made a guy miss absolutely nasty. His uh, ability to change directions is you know, one of the best in the league already. Like you said, RB one for dynasty mine as well. And don't expect Tyler Algier to go out there and get two rushing touchdowns every week either. You know, we're, we're going to split that with Bijan as well. It's just week one, Tyler got two. Yeah, don't expect that, but expect Algier to be heavily involved like he was. That's going to be a week-to-week thing. Yeah. Algier is going to be somebody you can use in your lineups and your flex. He's going to have that touchdown upside like he did this past week. So it's nice to see that he didn't lose all value. That was my big concern when they drafted Bijan. I was like, oh, man, because I, in one league, I think it might have been the Debbie league we did. I had Tyler Algier, and we drafted the NFL side before the rookie draft, and I was, and he was my first running back. I was like, oh, shit, that sucks. But seeing how they're game planning and scheming, I'm not mad at it. I might have gotten him a round or two later, but I'm okay. Algier is still serviceable. Absolutely. On the flip side of Bijan, his counterpart, Jameer Gibbs, my dynasty RB2, didn't have such a great day like Bijan did on Thursday night. He had seven carries for 42 yards and two catches for 18. Could have had a touchdown, but he got tripped up by the good old turf monster, it looked like. But his usage, he only had a 27% snap share. I believe David Montgomery was 70-plus. He had more than 13 carries. He's the hammer. And in positive and neutral game script, this is what we can expect for this season. David Montgomery out there getting the ball. He's a better pass pro guy. So if they're up or close, this is what we're going to get. Unfortunately, right now, only Jameer's going to get a quarter of, the, quarter of the snaps. I'd like to see him out there with Montgomery more, whether it's in the slot, in the backfield, motion out of the backfield. But to say the least, it was a disappointing debut for him. Yeah, I'm with you. He didn't put up the numbers I was hoping for. I think it's just a matter of time before we see both from out there at the same time, like you alluded to. Montgomery in the backfield and Jameer Gibbs split out wide. He's a playmaker, get the ball in his hands. He's a great catcher. Same as you. I, I could see Jameer Gibbs getting basically the same amount of work, sub 10 carries in a lot of third down work and outside of third and long situations. And then on to the last running back I want to bring up, Tajay Spears of the Titans. He outsnapped Derrick Henry on the field more than Derrick Henry. Now, he didn't get as much work, 
mean, you had three carries for 27 yards, four targets, only caught one of them and was blown up as soon as he caught it. But very positive to see him out there for more than 50% of the snaps and more than Derrick Henry. That was a big shocker. Yeah, I was surprised hearing that or reading that stat that he was out there more than Derrick Henry. We saw Derrick Henry's uh, signature stiff arm, I guess, at this point. So for Tajay immediately in week one to out, not outproduce him, but outsnap him, I, I think that should read into that a little bit. Plus, he averaged nine yards a carry. He, he was hitting. And he showed his explosiveness, which he showed in the preseason, all preseason. And then, obviously, they want to get him some work in the passing game. So, he's a sneaky buy right now. I have him on a few teams. I've liked him for a while. But I think I'm going to go out and get a few more shares. Maybe it's just a week one thing, working Derrick Henry back into it. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see 30 40% of snaps from Spears and him being involved. I mean, I'm sure you've kind of done the same thing in the last two years, but I have drafted any running back that Tennessee has taken as, you know, any rookie running back Tennessee has taken with the hopes that that's going to be the replacement for Derrick Henry. Um, there's a Michigan running back I took two years ago. I can't remember his name. I'll talk, Hassan Haskins a couple years ago. I mean, I, this is the one time I didn't do it because Tajay Spears, I feel like was, you know, drafted a little higher than I was wanting to do, but he's, I think he might be the heir apparent. It's entirely possible. Yeah, I did the same thing. I have plenty of Hassan Haskins. I also have a lot of uh, Julius Chestnut still, who is hanging around the team and uh, return man, special teamer. So he has a role there. But I've been doing the same thing. Anytime the Titans put any kind of capital in a running back, you always got to think, just maybe that's who's going to be there in two years. It's, it's worth the dart throw and, you know, throwing shit at the wall and seeing if it sticks. Why not? It's... Yeah, we'll move on to some more wide receivers. Zay Flowers of the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe I was wrong for fading Zay Flowers. So far, it looks that way. By far, Lamar's favorite receiver on the week. He had 10 targets out of Lamar's 22 pass attempts. Caught nine of them for 78 yards. Everyone else had... Three, 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 and one, which disappointing Isaiah likely was only targeted once and that Lamar only threw the ball 22 times. But again, maybe that's just because they were playing the Texans and rookie C.J. Stroud. They didn't need to open it up a whole lot to win the game. But Zay Flowers went out there, and he looks like he's Lamar's favorite so far. Yeah, I'm I'm not holding much uh, weight to that just yet because Mark Andrews was out. You know, as Mark Andrews comes back, we'll see if this changes at all. But um, you know, it's nice to see a, wide, a rookie wide receiver in Baltimore actually get work, unlike a, a guy that was drafted three years ago. It is. I don't think Bateman's dead yet. There's still hope. Still hope for me. Oh, come on, friend. I may be a little insane, but I'm well, on the fair. Bateman did have three catches on all three targets, so he might not be wrong. Well, somebody's guy merges the number two, right? Other than Mark Andrews it, and Zay Flowers. I thought it was OBJ. I mean, he looked good for his first game back, but I don't know if he can sustain it. Let's see if that ACL holds up. What ACL? That's right. That's what I like to hear. 
Then we'll move on to the quarterbacks, the kings of Superflex. We'll stay with this game right here and Mr. Buckeye, C.J. Stroud. He impressed me a little bit. He looked better than I thought he was going to be. He looked competent, like he can actually do this. 28 of 44 for 242. No interceptions, albeit no touchdowns, but he didn't turn the ball over. And he had four rushes for 20 yards. That's got to be a, a lifetime high of rushing yards throughout his whole 22 years of life. Uh, it's It's got to be up there. I know that in the Georgia game, I think he had more than that on one run. But we're not talking college football. Uh, I think the most impressive thing for C.J. Stroud, like you you said, is, is no interceptions, man. That's That is phenomenal. This Baltimore defense is, is pretty good. So no interceptions. And then it looked like Nico Collins actually got some good work. He had 11 targets, six receptions for 80 yards. Tank Dell didn't do much, I don't believe. But, or yeah, four targets, three catches, 34 yards. I, I think he's just going to grow with this team. C.J. Stroud, I don't think he's that bad. He looked bad preseason, but I was I was impressed. Yeah, he decided he was going to save his best for the the real season. Apparently, that's all that matters. Preseason don't matter unless you're unless you're the Ravens. To me, he was the second best rookie quarterback on the week. He was better than the guy I have ranked higher than him, Bryce Young. Bryce had a typical rookie first game, I'd say. Two picks, sacked twice. But he did have three rushes for 17 yards. Unfortunately for him, there's really no help around him. Alan, Adam Thielen was nicked up coming in. So was Terrence Marshall. Jonathan Mingo is a rookie. So he just not much around him outside of Miles Sanders and Hayden Hurst for this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with 146. So they only put up 10 points on the Falcons who controlled the game. Desmond Ritter outplayed him, I would say. Yeah, he did. Desmond Ritter 100% did, and Desmond Ritter had less yards. So uh, the two interceptions hurt, shot Bryce Young in the foot, obviously. Uh, it should say a lot when your leading target getter is Hayden Hurst, seven targets, and your next leading target getter is your running back, Miles Sanders, with six. You know, he, he has no weapons outside to go to. I, I still like Jonathan Mingo, but I think he's a work in progress anyways. And Terrence Marshall had some work as well, but I might might be a little too late to say or early to say whatever, but I think his ship has sailed as well. I've, I feel bad for Bryce Young. I really do. I do too, but brighter days are coming. We saw this from T-Law. We see it from most rookie quarterbacks. They go out there and don't play too well, especially when they're on a subpar team. So there are brighter days ahead. He's going to improve. And again, only sacked twice. So it, it could have been worse from uh, yeah. that department. It, it definitely could have been. I think they need to get him some help at the skill positions. But I'm with you. Moving on to the best rookie quarterback of the week, my rookie 101, Anthony Richardson. 24-37 passing for 223, one touchdown, one pick. Then he rushed 10 times for 40 yards and a touchdown. The interception came late in the game, so most of the game he was mistake-free. And he was sacked four times, but he only lost eight yards. So you, you might say, wow, four times. Wow, that's a lot for especially someone with the running ability of him. But again, he only lost eight yards. He cost his team two yards a sack. 
I don't think it's that big of a deal. Even if he's not, even if he is getting sacked, that's what he can do for you. Also, he can get as close to that line of scrimmage as he possibly can. He won't be taking the Bryce Young two sacks for 19 yards on a loss. He's going to do this: get sacked a couple times, but lose minimal yards. As yeah, long sure. as it's not on third down. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on the on the 101. Anthony Richardson. He, we're gonna. I'm gonna say it again. He just fits that mode for quarterback. Big arm, super athletic, and honestly, do it all. Make every single throw. He's raw. He's a prospect. He he's gonna need some work, but he looked good, man. I, I think he's easily worth the 101 all day long. Um, you know, I I can't really knock him for the late interception, the four sacks. Not good, but like you said, only lost eight yards. So didn't really negatively affect the team, in my opinion. Although I think he's got plenty of weapons compared to both C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Yeah, he does. That's for sure. He's got he's got the best situation, in my opinion. Even it's without J.T. Offensive line standpoint, absolutely. Yeah. That'll wrap up our rookie report. And we... Announced it a little bit late last week, but each week you and I will be going head-to-head on DraftKings for bragging rights and a couple of dollars on the line. We're going to do a super flex lineup that DraftKings thankfully has finally added. And this week, you got me. You got me by about 17 points. It's hard to beat someone when you got Tua and Calvin Ridley over there. Yeah, Although you I mean, did that, that dropped a goose egg. But I mean, it, it it happens, man. I mean, I I just I honestly threw this lineup together. I know when I sent you a screenshot of it for the tweet, you were like, "Man, that's a lot of teal jerseys." But you know, it, you win some, you lose some. It was hard fought battle. I, I really thought you were going to get me with the Bajan pick, but I I went with the the value plays this week, and it it turned out good for me. Yeah, I, I meant went more studly, but with this lineup, it's. A lot more forgiving than a normal lineup. Uh, there's no third receiver and no defense. So you swap those two out and add an extra and add a quarterback. So you're eliminating one position overall from your budget. So you can fit more studs in than a normal lineup. And that's what I went with. Didn't work out this week. Gino was one of my building blocks. He was fairly cheap at 6,800. And I thought he'd have a big game with 20 plus points. And that didn't do it. I could have definitely went more your route, more budget-friendly, cheaper. But I didn't. Maybe I'll go ahead and do that next week. And hopefully I'll have your number then. Yeah, Tua easily carried, like you said, said first thing. Tua and Calvin Ridley were, you know, combined for 60 points in my 123. So if you can get two guys to score that much, you got a pretty good leg up. I didn't do too bad at the rest of the positions, but I didn't. I used this lineup in multiple different places, and I didn't cash in anything else. So, you know, it it is what it is. There, yeah, I actually just made our contest for the upcoming week. Um, this week, we only did the main slate because we got on it too late. But weekly, we'll be doing Thursday through Monday night the whole entire slate, just like a normal fantasy league. Much rather have it that way than just the main slate with no. Thursday, Sunday, or Monday night. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Give us all the games to pick from. I, I like that better. Exactly. So I'll be researching my lineup a little bit harder this week and 
got to win my money back and got to win those bragging rights back and tie it up one-to-one. Yeah, I mean, I think this will be awesome. And then with it being a 17-week season, you know, there there will be no tiebreaker. So, no, there you know, won't. You know if, if it comes down to it, you know, nine to nine to eight, it could be. Yeah, we more than likely won't be playing week 18 just because of the variance and the wacky stuff that can happen. We'll, we'll just stick to one through 17 and we'll come back for the playoffs. Take a week oh, off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The cool thing about DraftKings, this is just you and I in this one, so to track all our scores, winnings and all that, we'll be able to get a big picture at the end, who scored more total points, blah, blah, blah. All that good stuff, as well as the head-to-head record. It might even be able to put a little friendly wager on it just between me and two, me and you, you know, a handshake wager, who scores the most points for the whole season. Yeah, might as well. I know you and I aren't used to scores being this low, man. They're you put up 123, that's that's about half of our normal fantasy leagues. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, our fan, I think one of my lowest scoring teams in fantasy this week was like 160. So, yeah. 123 is, is low. It's definitely a lot different. But speaking of that, I know I texted you and I made a tweet. I'm, I'm officially a best ball guy, man. After this year, no more. No more lineups for the most part. Mm. I just mm, can't do it. Uh, Yeah, man, that is is unacceptable. I'm assuming you're still going to keep, like you said in the text, the the redraft leagues and stuff will still be lineup, right? Yeah, redraft. We'll do a couple big money redrafts a year. Those will be lineup, of course. But outside of that, if I'm in a lineup league now, I'm most likely done with it outside of a couple. Yeah, the De- I know you're going to stay in the Debbie League, right? Because you're building something special over there, I'd assume. Yeah, as much as I don't want to do lineup, but I got Caleb, Quinn, Worthy, Marvin Harrison coming in next year. I I got to see that one through. I right. can't leave that on the table. Yeah, that's that'd be a tough one to walk away from. I was going to say, if you walk away from that one, let me walk away from my Debbie League, that league, and then I'll just take your team over. There you go, just switch ownership. You're the coach you missed, so I guess you have that power. Might be might be frowned upon, especially if we make a trade right there after you leave. But that's okay. I, I still got Bijan on my taxi because we do the draft order by wins and losses the good way. And Bijan is tucked away on my taxi, but uh, DTR is my starting quarterback, so it wouldn't make a difference. But I figured I'd leave him there and see how long it takes someone to notice. I know that we've talked about it a lot. You know, it's it's just. The bad thing is, like, what what does it matter in a way? Because it's we're drafting Debbie players. It's it's not like you're going to draft the tank for Caleb Williams. You already got Caleb Williams, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pull up our Debbie league tracker real fast and just take a quick look at the Debbies that are owned. I don't, I mean, JJ McCarthy, all the freshman quarterbacks are owned. I mean, I'm. I mean, one hundred and one right now would be Shadur. Oh yeah, easily. I thought about okay, taking that, him. that. That would be a hell of a get, no doubt about it. But past him, as of this moment, it's not looking too hot for that dip, that particular Debbie draft next year. Yeah, because you already got Drew Aller, so yeah, uh, Zachary Branch. 
I mean, we might be able to start talking about the 26 QBs, but they're all you know, taken. Dante Moore's already gone. No, I lie. Dante, Nico, Jackson Arnold, Malachi Nelson. I mean, look, Arch is taken. Jaden Rashad is probably the best one left by far. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's tough. That's really tough. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I got to see that one through. Can't just leave all those hot Debbie assets laying there for someone to scoop up. I've yeah, I was gonna, for a couple years already. Yeah, you might, like you said, you might as well see that through and win some money because you, you're, you're going to have a team here in about two years. Yeah, for the majority of them, though, especially startups, they're going to be best ball. I know I'm in, I took the lead, went back to IDP this year and did a best ball league, and I'm loving it so far for IDP. It's a yeah, blast. I, IDP best ball makes a lot of sense. It really does. Yeah, I I love it so far. I love IDP in the first place, but adding in best ball, it's a lot more fun. I don't know if I'm ready to go back to IDP yet, but I do want to do a Debbie IDP league. So, and that's in the books for this year. I do as well. I see it's, I see them more often than I thought I would in communities. Yeah, it's, it's a, be a big thing. Yeah, I was gonna say it. It seems like a very niche thing, like Devi IDP. That's a very specific, small group. I would say out of the whole community, but it it definitely more popular than I thought it was. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to take the lead to that one to draft some Harold Perkins. Well, not Jared Verse anymore. He'll be a rookie next year, but I'm ready for that. It, it's an adds another layer of strategy and see how people play the Debbie part for IDPs. If highly drafted, rarely drafted, people just fade them or what? Plus yeah, it, it makes those, the Debbie depleted drafts each year, a little bit more plentiful with IDPs, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say so. We're like, we were just looking at our, the available Debbies in that the premier league. I mean, there's not much there. You know, if it was IDP, no, the moment. if it was IDP, I'd say, I mean, it'd probably be pretty split down the middle 50-50 if scoring's right. So, uh, but once Sleeper gets off their butt and integrates all our stuff that we want, you know, the, the Debbie and the C2C stuff, man, doing a C2C uh, IDP league, I'm sure. It's, it's, it's coming. It's got to be. I hope so. I want them to get IDP props the sleeper picks next. They unfortunately don't have that. But yeah, luckily, Fliff does. A good old Fliff. I love it. Told you you need to get on it. But that's all I got for this week. You have any final thoughts? Anything you want to bring up before we go ahead and close this chapter? Uh, No, I don't think so. Um, I think one more interesting game to keep an eye on there's going to be that Eagles Vikings game. That one could be interesting. But it was last year on paper. Well, you, you you called it last year that Darius Slay was going to shut down Jay Jetta. So I'm um, hoping the same thing. You know, we'll, we'll yeah, see. JJ but, had a fantastic week one. Week one, no touchdowns. Our boy Jer- Jordan Addison had the, the touchdown. So, but yeah, but JJ had the yards, baby. 150. On only yeah, nine catches, too. Nine for 150. Yeah. 
Jordan Addison had a little bit of a game, too. I think he had 70 yards. Um, I'm just curious to see how Alexander Madison is used going forward. And, you know, that Darius Slay and Jetta's matchup, it's always going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be a little bit different this year. This year, sorry, with uh, Addison on the opposite side and Hawkinson to take away a little bit of the extra coverage on JJ, but fully confident that Slay can keep up with him. I think so. Slay is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So and this I'm game's also in Philly once again, like it was last year. It's also a primetime game this time on Thursday night to kick the week off. So. As we've mostly seen, primetime Kirk Cousins will probably rear his head. No doubt about it. 350-plus and three touchdowns, I bet. Oh, my. Jets just scored a touchdown. To Now they're on the PAT to tie. Garrett Wilson just mossed someone. No, nah, did he really? He did. It was Tredavious White. Went Ooh. up and got it. That's impressive. That I'm going to have to look at that one. Yeah, just uh, – so a funny tweet came across my uh, my timeline right now from Destination Debbie. <laughs> Jordan Whitehead, oh, who was a defensive back for the Jets, mind you, has a 9.4 target share from Josh Allen tonight. 9.4? Yep, so he's picked them off at least twice. I think Josh Allen has three picks maybe. Oh, tie ball mm-hmm. game, baby. With under five left. Yeah, Josh Allen has three interceptions tonight. Been sacked five times. Mm-mm-mm. Zach Wilson's having a better game, buddy. I'm looking at that clip for Garrett Wilson. Um, that's not it. You said oh, lost I, I apologize. Jordan Whitehead has all three interceptions for the Jets tonight. All three? All three. Well, let me uh... – I'm curious what he's what he's toting in this IDP league right now. Jordan Whitehead. Uh, he's only got 27 so far. Mm. But that's all he's done are three picks, and he's got two tackles. Three picks and two tackles? Yeah. <clears throat> Talking about a day. Oh, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I, I saw it. Oh, uh-huh. that was dirty. Yeah, that was pretty. It's going to be a one that comes down the wire. I'm excited to hop off here and watch the, these last five minutes, baby. I hear you on that. We better get off here in a hurry then <clears throat> for wanting to watch the last couple minutes. Sorry, I got a throat thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yellow TV all weekend. I understand. Well, and when you're a Buckeye fan, it happens. You expect perfection and excellence, and when you don't get it because your quarterback sucks, it's, you know, when you say, man, I wish I had J.J., you know, it happens. Yeah, it's like that spoiled child when the mom tells him no at the store. They just throw fits all all the time. As a Buckeye fan, absolutely. <laughs> We've gotten spoiled with making the playoffs and having just overall great teams. That When we're not great, it's like, oh. And I feel like, in a way, we're taking everything that we've done for the last few years for granted because, you know, we expect championships every year. Not necessarily a bad thing, but when it doesn't happen, Ryan Day gets under the hot seat. Yeah, another loss to Michigan. He he could be ousted, which would be he, crazy to think because it'd be what? He's lost five games so far, I think. Uh, five or six. 
but regular yeah. season, I think speaking, but yeah, a regular season. Yeah. I think he's like four or five. Yeah. Crazy. A guy can be there for what, five, six years on average, lose a game a year, but lose three straight to Michigan and you're done. Just shows how much that rivalry actually means to the schools that you could go one and 11, but beat Ohio state or beat Michigan. And you had a good year. Yeah, he's, he's, way it is. he's 45 and six in four seasons and includes a 31 and two record against the Big Ten. The only two Big Ten losses are against the fucking team up north. That's what I like to hear, baby. Going for the hat trick this year. So I hope you guys come into that game perfect in the Big Ten. It's always the most interesting when, when we're undefeated. I, I like it. I would prefer it that way because, in the mean, the game really means something and carries weight. So I'm, I'm with you. Absolutely, but we'll go ahead and get out of here and enjoy the rest of this Monday night game. Appreciate you guys for tuning in as always. And, of course, please give us a follow on follow on Twitter or X at Gump7285 and at D underscore Cook93, and that's K-O-C-H. You can find the podcast page on all social media platforms at Gridiron underscore FS. And we'll see you guys again on our Debbie episode here in the next couple of days. See you. Thanks for listening.